Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Hildreth. Always here with me is my co-host and beautiful fiance, Christine Stacy. And we're getting ready to launch into a new episode, and we just want to make sure that everybody knows the opinions and thoughts here expressed are solely our own and not that of any other entities. With that, Christine, you want to kick us off? Sure thing. All right, so today we're going to talk about failure. Because who doesn't love to talk about failure? Yeah. <laughs> we all love to fail, right? So Doug's going to tell us a little bit of a story regarding failure he experienced pretty early on and then how that compared to some failure he felt maybe later on in life. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, briefly just to say failure has been the hallmark of my life. And that's not to say that I think I'm a loser or that I think that I'm less than. It's just what has shaped so much of my life, and it has helped create the person that I am today. And so we're going to talk about why it's good. I would have said for sure if you would have asked me this question four years ago that my low point, my greatest failure in life was just failing in society as a, as a drug addict and, a, and an active substance abuser I ended up being sentenced to 17 months in prison for theft and burglary and just things that I did, crimes that I committed in the name of supporting my drug habit and my addiction. And I would have said easily, hands down, that's it. That's the biggest failure. And then you fast forward, right? That was 20 years old. And then you fast forward to 32. And I somehow managed to monumentally eclipse going to prison on a personal and professional level with failure. What I found out after prison was being clean and sober and not dealing with my sexual abuse as a child, I still had a ton of issues. And the way I dealt with them was sexually. So I started seeking out and having affairs with multiple partners and did this for a very long time. And I built an incredibly successful business as a coach and a strength and conditioning trainer and and in a CrossFit, I had built this business coaching professional athletes and coaching athletes at the highest level of the sport. All the while, I had this entirely secret life. Like I was the perfect husband. I was a great dad. I was present. I was involved in people's lives. And I always was effusively happy and outgoing, and jovial, and charismatic, and that is one of the things that I feel I was best at, was putting on the show, and putting the mask on, so that the world thought that everything was fine, and I was 10 years, 12 years into recovery at this point, and involved in other people's lives, and trying to help them better themselves, and speaking in different places, putting myself out there as this person that I was not. I reached a point in my own therapy where I realized that I had to actually get honest about what was going on. And, I mean, you know, this is, we've talked about this, where you gave me an ultimatum, and I said, absolutely not, you're an idiot. And I, and I, and I finally reached this place after about three sessions into therapy where I just sat down on the couch and said, I got to tell you the truth about me. And I just laid it out there. You know, I'm this incredibly insecure person. I've been having affairs and multiple affairs for years. These ongoing 
relationships is really what they were. It wasn't like one night stands or anything like that. These were long-term relationships I was having, keeping it a secret. And, and so what happened was when it came out, that was as colossal a failure for somebody like me as there can be, because all I want to do is bring good into the world and help people. Do you feel like there was a moment in time where you realized you achieved all this success, but to some extent you must have been suppressing kind of the other stuff going on to continue down the road of success. Was there like a breaking point where you felt like, man, I can't do this anymore or a point? The prison is, I think if I were to wind up in prison tomorrow, <laughs> I think I would be like, man, I took a wrong turn. I seriously failed this seems a little bit more vague oh no so this was more emotionally devastating at 20 going to prison I was a, a hope to die drug addict I had been drinking and using drugs for almost eight years at that point and that's what I did every single day I was unemployable I was relatively uneducated you know I'd graduated high school and done all that kind of stuff had even been in college for a couple years I wasn't a contributing member to society. I had no children. I had no business. I had no meaningful relationships. There was nothing around me other than the people that loved me trying to save me. Right. There was nothing of value in my life that I, I didn't bring anything to the world. Mm -hmm. And so for me, going to prison was honestly a break. And it was an opportunity for me to just get better. And that's what I used it as. And, and we'll get into that at another time. That, for me, though, was a 17-month period of time where I got to become a better person. Mm -hmm. Got it. 12 years later, fast forward, yeah. and you have built all those things. Yeah. You've educated yourself. Yep. You have found success, monetary success, and yeah. just success in athletics and different areas. And personally, yep. you had a family. Yep. So you had a number of people counting on you at this point. Absolutely. Well, and, and in a small community. And so I was, I mean, very well known. I have lived in this town since I was one years old. And I've grown up here. I went to grade school here. I went to middle school here. I went to high school here. And, and I've always been a popular person. That's not tooting my own horn, but I've always connected and engaged with lots of people. And I feel like I've always been the kind of person that can connect with anybody and so I kind of always just had friends or relationships along the way with a lot of people. When this happened, this was not something that happened in closed-door meetings where a couple of people were consulted and, I guess you could say, briefed on what was going on. Right. And then we issued a public statement and everything went on as business as usual. This was as public and drawn out of a, a divorce and an affair scandal as there could be. In a small town. Yeah. Social media got lit up about it. Friends and family received letters in the mail about it. I mean, crazy things happened when people found out that I had gotten honest about the affairs. Never did we do it with the intent or did I do it with the intent to harm anybody or bring anybody's name into it. But people panic when they think their name's going to get brought into a situation like that. And so it was like instant 
social distancing to the umpteenth degree. Right. And what I experienced was a cascade of really difficult conversations and moments every day because I still own that gym and I still run that gym and I would showing up every single day to be in a place where I was humiliated to be. I, yeah, it's hard to imagine. Would you say it's fair, no offense is taken here, that you were that perfect story of the man to hate in that moment? Define that more. What do you mean when you say that? I think we get a lot of media portrayals of the cheater man. Oh. The successful cheater man, too. Sure. I get, I get what you're saying. Stereotypical. Yes. Casanova yes. type where you've got your success in one hand and you're like, yeah, I'm going to have my cake and eat it too. Yes. And sure, I guess at a superficial level, it could really easily present that way. I have never resonated with that that type of character. And I don't think people really understand the degree to which I was hurting at at that point in my life. And that's not to say that there wasn't connection in those affairs. And that's where this gets really dicey because a lot of people can't have conversations about this stuff without a ton of emotion coming in and a ton of judgment or our own baggage and our own childhood stuff coming up or previous hurts where we just project them onto the person that we see as in the wrong or as the perpetrator or whatever you want to word it as. And all of a sudden you've got this person cast as a villain and then everybody else is the heroine. And I don't think that people realize just how murky it is, but also just how painful it was to navigate on an emotional level. And I'm talking about for me, I was dying inside having affairs with these people for years. These weren't a couple months or even a couple times where we had interacted. These were on and off again affairs over the course of five or six years, which is a significant amount of time to be in a secret hidden relationship. And knowing that all you want is to find a way to get out of it and not hurt anybody in the process. But instead of getting out of it, you're getting into more of them along the way and not understanding why you're getting into more of them and why it hurts so much and why there's no other opportunity or alternative but to continue down that road. And then eventually, you just run out of places to hide. And I couldn't hide in any more relationships. And I finally had to get honest. So there seems like there was a lot of potential paths you could have taken. Sure. When you kind of hit the breaking point. There was. What do you feel like, I just think a good majority of us, I even try and think of myself in your shoes, if I could have shown up every day to the place that I owned where there were people leaving in droves. Yeah. Yeah, we lost 20% of our client base in a 30-day period of time. Wow. How do you feel like you overcame it? Like, what was it? inside of you maybe it wasn't maybe it was outside of you what did you lean on to overcome such we used the word earlier but such a massive failure yeah well like I said there was way more involved in this and so first things first 
I have two daughters that I'm raising. And, and I knew very much at this point that I was going to be raising them by myself. There's a question that would always come up in my mind, and this happened to me for years, but it started re resounding and resonating like wildly loud inside my head, and it was, are you the kind of man you want your daughters to grow up and marry? And what would you do if your daughters married a man like you? That is a question that I cried over in therapy. I can't tell you how many times, how many days. I can't tell you how many nights I cried myself to sleep. Just thinking that I have to do whatever it takes to become the man that I want those girls to grow up and marry. And that I want to be the example of the kind of man that they seek out. And I was not that example. I was not. Three years ago, I was not that man. That was a huge driving force. The other part of it is, and it's, this is, sounds so weird, as somebody who is a cheater, right? You can just say it. I was a cheater, and I was dishonest, and I was so manipulative in so many ways. I'm an incredibly honest person, and that is so weird to say those two things, but that's the dichotomy of the human being, and I think a lot of people would agree that know me that I'm very straightforward. And so once I decided to go through with this and come out, and I, that's what I call it, a coming out party, because I feel like it was that significant. It was akin to coming out. And I hope that doesn't offend anybody, but that's what it felt like to me. It was this monumental emotional exposure. Just doing that, it was like, once I made the decision, it was like, I'm going to show up every single day and I'm going to own this. Because that's the only way I knew how to get through it. There was no way to just pretend that it didn't happen. I couldn't just tell everybody no comment. My business isn't built on that. We're not a corporation and I'm the CEO. I am the owner. I am the operator. I am the coach on the floor. I interact with my clients face-to-face -face every single day. They invite me into their lives and they trust me with their health, with their fitness, and with their wellness. And I felt that it was only appropriate that I respond by being as genuine and authentic through it all as I could. And it cost me a lot of clients, cost me a lot of money, and it cost me a lot of relationships. And it didn't matter. Because it wasn't about that. It was never about being successful in lieu of being honest. It was about being the kind of business owner and the kind of father and the kind of man that I really believed I needed to be, but that I was capable of being. And that's a really weird area because now we're getting into some shame stuff because for a long time, I did not think that I deserved to be that person, that I deserved to be open and honest and that it was okay for me to be imperfect and for me to be a fuck up for all intents and purposes and still be a great dad, a great business owner and a great coach. I didn't think you could be those three things and have cheated or have had affairs or have lied and have manipulated. I always put those people on these big pedestals and just assume that they're, they are the ones that are above all of this stuff. And what I quickly realized was maybe they are. I am not. I am 100% fallible. have made all of these mistakes. The difference is the way I choose to be today. Totally. That was awesome. 
it's fast forward. We're almost three years out of that yeah. very specific 30 day window. Yeah. What did you learn in that very intense time of your life yeah. that carries on day to day right now? Well, we talk about this a lot, failing forward. And, and I think that's the biggest thing is that it is, it has given me so many skills and so many tools that I take with me into other aspects now. So, right, like now, fast forward three years, the gym is rebounded outside of this pandemic. We are doing very well. We're financially sound again. Now we're in the process of purchasing a new car franchise, which is an entirely different story for another day. But we would not have been able to own and operate that team had I not had the experience that I had, I wouldn't have the blog. I wouldn't be the dad that I am today. And I feel in all seriousness that what this did was turn me into the, to the best parent and the best version of a parent that I've ever been in my life. That is the coolest thing in the world to me because I was the most fucking awkward dad in the world internally. I did it all on the surface and it was so fake. I didn't know how to be authentic and genuine with my children because I was so uncomfortable in my own skin. I just didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to connect with them and I didn't know how to be patient with them and I didn't know how to be graceful with them and I didn't know how to communicate with them and I didn't know how to allow them to be children because I was so worried about presenting this perfect image to the world at all times that everybody around me had to be perfect too. We're not perfect. I think that the, the biggest thing about that is learning that the biggest moments of vulnerability in my life and the biggest moments of transparency and authenticity have allowed for the greatest growth. And that's where I am today is I'm in this place where we're really recognizing and bearing the fruits of that labor where all of those really hard days in a row, because that was like a significant period of time of just trudging the road of happy destiny where we finally are on the other side in a lot of ways and now we have new and different problems but they're problems where we didn't even have areas before like I got the best problems I've ever had in my life and so the way it ties in is that now we get to pass that stuff on so now I feel I bear a responsibility to share the gifts that have been given to me with others and that's what we're doing with this movement, with this podcast, with this blog, is we're giving away what, what's been freely given to us and helping people realize that it's there, it's available, and it's right at the tip of your fingers. I love it. Thanks for telling us about your big, big failure. <laughs> You're, the funny thing is, I have so many. Yeah. So, I yeah. Think we all do. So, I think it's just special to be able to talk out loud about something that is scary to talk about and most people don't talk about. Sure. And, yeah, I think it's really neat. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. So, for Boy Open Up, I'm your host, Doug Hildreth. With me always is my beautiful fiance, Christine Stacy. We'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>